0: Whether it be in the New South Wales ranges, riverside in the Northern Territory, or above tree line in New Zealand or Colorado, or in the tundra of Alaska, Hunting Camp is where the best stories are shared. Join me as I bring some of these stories to you, along with tips and techniques from some of the known and not so well known hunters of Australia and around the world. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Hunting Camp Down Under. I'm your host Craig Hales. Well, it seems ages that I've done another intro, but uh, sorry guys, you've caught one. Uh, this episode today is a really, really good one. I had super fun putting this one down. Uh, Manny Moore and Grant Rand from Coeagle Broadheads. We sat down at Dean Summers' house here a couple of weekends ago and uh, it was just a f- super fun all-round conversation. Um, I've let the uh, let the recording run a little longer, the boys didn't know I was recording, so it uh, just sort of sets the scene for for the conversation that was had. It was, it was pretty fun, very light-hearted. And uh, we jump into you know a bit of broadhead talk, a bit of rut talk, uh, what the boys got going on for the rest of the year. Uh, obviously, Matty runs Kogur Adventures up at Strathburn Station up north, and uh, I, you know, as you, as you well know, I can't help myself, but uh, talk about boars, and and especially in Cape York, it's uh, it's one thing that Australia's got that really stands out as far as our, as adventure. So um, we're looking forward to getting up there as soon as we can. So hopefully, everyone's not uh, having too many rut withdrawals. Uh, it all sort of come so quickly and, and was gone just as fast but uh, you know certainly some great results and seen some fantastic animals that was taken through that season. It was obviously sounded like a pretty tough one for all uh, a little bit mixed um, you know reports coming in you know late rut, I think a lot of lot to do with the dryness and the weather had a lot to do with that and the, obviously the heat so but hopefully we all take something out of it and uh, we learn something for next year and, and uh, we can put those to practices so but obviously our you know our concentration, you know it turns to to different deer species and you know the rooster rut's coming up and uh you know already sort of starting to see a few people scouting for them and and personally I'm heading down uh next weekend to chase a, a sambar deer um with a guy at uh to Melbourne I was uh, lucky enough to for Josh Rogers to invite me down there and uh I'm really looking forward to uh to getting down there we're going to record a few podcasts from the mountain and uh it's going to be super fun so I, uh, I really look forward to bringing you that one and, and hopefully some success to go with, but uh, no doubt I'll, I'll just enjoy the venture as it, as it stands. But uh, personally also, I'm just slowly putting all the plans together for my Alaskan goat hunt, and um, yeah, just, just booking flights as we speak. So it's, uh, it's becoming very real now, and uh, i see a few other people are starting to organise their uh, big adventures. I know plenty of people are hitting New Zealand and, and still there now, and uh, it's really good to see everyone getting out and about. So um, you know, just I love following everyone's adventures. So uh, yeah, keep coming through and and keep the quality there. So anyway, guys, enough of me rambling. Let's jump straight to this one. Many more Grant Rand Coyuga you adventures and uh, Coyuga you broadheads. Talk to you soon.
1: <laughs> lose five, gain a thousand. It yeah. hey. <laughs> always up. I don't have a thousand to lose, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we're working on. No. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Alright, you want me to do a fancy intro? <laughs> I love our Kenya. Like, oh. Get comfortable, could be a while.
1: Yeah, there's a few stories to tell. <laughs> Bit of shit to talk. Oh, I want to hear about your rut. You don't want to hear about my rut. Mm. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's just heartbreaking after heartbreak after heartbreak.
0: Unless you had one. I okay. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing. <laughs> oh, i go and shoot boars instead
1: <laughs> I miss me shots on boars that I had Are you still Can I hear you? Uh, can I? No I can't hear, uh, yeah. oh. I can hear
0: <laughs> Talk again oh. mm. it's,
1: real, it's real quiet isn't
2: it
1: You haven't got anything disconnected
2: Oh uh, who would know with me
1: <laughs> Go now what about that? Hey! Yeah. 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 Winner, winner, chicken dinner, boys. <laughs> <laughs> someone, <Okay. laughs> someone had you switched off. <laughs> I don't know who that'd be. Mm.
2: I'll get switched off. All <laughs> of <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I'm not controlling it. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> uh,
0: alright, we've got do something serious here. I won't be serious anyway. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, good everyone, everyone. Uh, welcome to the hunting camp down under. Um... We're at the home of Ian Summers, who's not here. <laughs> we um we kind of broke into Ian's house and uh, decided to record a podcast uh, with Maddie Moore and Grant Rand of Cougar Broadhead. How are you, boys? Yeah, good,
2: mate. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty good, mate. Nice to go. Um, you had a wedding last night, did you?
1: Yeah, so if hey. I'm a little bit dusty, <laughs> that explains it.
0: And Matty's just been Matty, just lays around. No, I've been working. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fighting angle grinders by the look of that nose. Yeah, had a fight
2: one yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, very good. But um, obviously we're just winding down from the rut. I'm, I'm down here. We had a mate's wedding in Hunter Valley um, on Friday. So I continued down. My wife's gone overseas. So I dropped off to the airport and and here we are. we decided to do it all face-to-face to make it a little bit more interesting, a bit more uh, sociable, I guess you could say, rather than trying to do it over Skype. Matty's had that privilege in uh episode one.
2: <laughs> yes. Very hard.
0: <laughs> um boys, how was the rut?
1: Heartbreaking. <laughs>
0: Matt.
2: Yeah, I didn't get out. I didn't even get to touch me bow. That's
0: terrible form.
2: I, I know, I was too busy working.
0: He tells us he's working anyway, but uh I am. Yeah. Prepping. Prepping. Yeah. Prepping. Prepping for Cape York. Yep, that's it. I've seen that uh, that's a pretty awesome job you've done on that boat, mate.
2: Yeah, it should be all right. fishes really well, so. It does? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. How's the
0: front? How's it sit st- stability-wise when, you, when you're out the front there on that new bit? Yeah, no. It's real good.
2: good? Real good. Real
0: good. It's if you your bass head right now. Yeah. Is that Glenborn?
2: Yeah. Cold.
0: Real cold? <laughs> it looked cold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I was fishing all right, so. Uh, very good.
1: Well, Randy, I'm going to um, put you through your misery. What happened? Uh, Spent seven days getting my ass kicked by a... Uh, Big chocolate buck. Yep. Um, that's that's the short summary of it. But yeah, we <laughs> played cat and mouse every day. I got onto him and every day he was one step ahead of me or, yeah, what he did the day before. I anticipated it for the next day and he went and did something different. And, <laughs> yeah. At one stage there, I think he looked at me and if he had a finger, he would have given me the rude one. Yeah. <laughs> so. He just knew you were just chasing him. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, this would be me my fourth year now chasing sort of that yeah, real big mature buck and yeah, each year they uh, get the better of me, so. <laughs>
0: Did you uh is this one that you've seen before? Like if you like is it um is it a recurring sort of target animal or
1: it's uh it's a new one, you see new ones every year? Um, so this bloke this year, he's new. I got him on camera, Oh, back in February, might have been twelfth of Feb, he come in uh, it's been pretty dry up where I've been hunting so they were working around the cropping country and hitting the water sources above the crop pretty hard and I had a cam set up on that and seen him there and yeah, he migrated up the hill as the sort of the rut progressed along but he's new for this year. Um, I haven't seen him before and he doesn't look like one of the, the deer I saw last year that sort of could have grown into that potential. Um, it seems to be, yeah, one particular spot on this place always has the dominant buck of the, the whole gully at sort of, yeah, the prime country, I suppose. Like, at any point, he's probably had 30 to 40 does. Um, I think the very first afternoon we walked onto his bench, me and Jack Spinks busted oh, probably 100, 120 does <laughs> on the flat. And uh, that was, yeah, dry. Everything up above's dry, so they're coming down to feed on the only feed available. And, yeah, it's just congested the deer... Down onto those first two benches of the country and makes it real difficult to stalk one particular eyes. deer and yeah, yeah two hundred and forty eyes looking at you you haven't got a lot of uh a lot of wiggle room to make a stalk definitely how did
0: you find um obviously going back a couple of episodes with Toby you know we're talking about weather and drought and all those kind of things um how do you compare this year to last year
1: might a lot harder um for me it was the same sort of thing because i'm chasing that particular deer like i'd see the one deer and chase him the whole time um plenty of opportunities on younger deer and lesser deer sort of those satellite bucks cruising around mob to mob they were still there but this year it was a bit earlier in the piece. like i feel probably 7 seven thirty a.m most mornings they were shut up shop whereas last year i think 9 10 o'clock was an average morning like we'd all sort of get back into down the bottom of the creek there and meet back up and reminisce on, yeah, what happened that day. And this year, by 8 a.m., we're all back having a feed sort of thing. So it was a lot quicker. In the afternoons, they didn't even fire like The last five minutes of light was probably the only chance you got. And even then, you had to find the buck. And if they're not making noise in the thick country, you can't see them. So it was uh, just a wait-and-see game, really. Yeah, I had exactly the same thing, and, and obviously we're sort of opposite ends of the range, but
0: I, I found that the morning they they go a little bit, yeah, eight o'clock seemed to be that, that time, but we had them just going all night. And then um, I got out, uh, what is it, a fortnight ago now, and they were still acting ruddy, you know, still chasing does and that around, but, mate, not a sound, not a not a noise all weekend. Like, and, and you, I was sort of thinking, like, is the wind blowing the wrong way or something, or what's going on here? But, mate, they, they never made a noise. It was really, really weird, and just at the wedding we'll talk to some guys and they said um they're still going off now so it's like it's been all shifted back three or four weeks and there's red still roaring so i don't know what's
1: going on yeah well, i did hear a red roar uh would have been the I don't know 12th or 13th of april which is pretty unusual up usually in that country. Say, say it's late yeah yeah like you'd say that's late and now what are we at the the 27th or something they're still going off now yeah. like that that whole balance um but my brother shot a deer, oh, I would have been the 2nd of April, and he was hard, like, rutted up. He had the piss all up his neck and, um, yeah, black. So he'd been into it. And he'd been into it and he had oh, one or two points broken off and, like, and that was early in the piece and he'd been, you know, getting stuck into it. Um, and I seen two good deer back oh, mid-March, 20th of March, holding does, um, and they weren't vocal... Uh, the whole time but if you know a spike or a satellite come through they'd sort of go off and yeah that's a new one for me here in, a, in the middle of March going off
0: it's like they sort of had a like, a bit of a pre-rut sort of thing and then they sort of thought oh nothing else is doing here so we're going to shut up for a bit and then sort of kicked on later I, I had some trouble trying to work I, I was hunting a new block and um, I just found that like the amount of sign there, you'd think there was hundreds of them there, but there wasn't. Like, I, you know, I think I've got to look at most of the bucks were there. You know, there might be sort of a dozen or something like that. It's it's an area that they're only sort of newly in. Um, but I couldn't matter. I couldn't. The amount of sign there, and I thought maybe that had something to do with why they sort of weren't making noise later on because there wasn't the does to keep them going. So I think they might have been all served. And then it was kind of like, oh, well, I've still got everything running through my blood, so to speak, but I've got nothing to
1: use it on. So I don't know whether that had a play on it. Yeah, that could be something to do with it or it could just be a block that they pass through as well. Mm. Like the block Toby hunts there where he shot a good one this year, he reckons it's a three or four day opportunity he gets and after that, they don't move through that area so he's got, yeah, that one particular window to hit him and then after that, he doesn't see him for another 12 months. Yep. My,
0: uh, my old man was hunting down down the down the south, he was down sort of Ginderbine way so, you know, completely different herd to obviously what we're chasing and... He's, that block's the same, you know, the, all the does sit there but they don't hardly see a buck until right at, you know, that last, you know, sort of that tenth to the fourteenth and even a little bit later. He said you'll see your satellite fellas running around trying to, trying to do their things and there's literally hundreds of does in this this little block and then they just come out of the sort of the backcountry and he said you just wake up the next day and he said then there's three big fellas in there. He said it's pretty awesome to watch and you've just got to be there at the right time. They were there earlier, they spent the long week, the week before the
1: long weekend, it was very tough, like real quiet. I think a very similar story to what we all had as well. Yeah, I think if you go off sort of the deer that was shot this year, it was spread out. Like there was deer getting shot early in the piece, yep. but there was no congregation of everyone sort of just whacking and stacking at that one particular time. Yeah. Like last year, I think there's a couple of weekends there where it was just yeah, it all flooded, yep. sitting at work looking at the phone going, he bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get up there and get into it yourself and what not but yeah tough year yeah so.
0: I think so and it seems to be the common story and I mean guys that are including yourself that are they're that on blocks that are you know what you call a good fallow area and you know it's usually pretty consistent all have the same feedback they're all which is interesting you know because I think we'll probably take a lot more
1: out of this one than what we will if it's easy so um, I'm sure some lessons will learn this year yeah well the you never learn a, a lesson unless you fail sort of thing like that's the best best way to learn Hard lesson. Oh, definitely. So last year was a pretty easy year, this year, <laughs> shitload tougher. <laughs> Hopefully next year we get that good year again and everyone can get stuck in with you.
0: Yeah, it'd be good to see just some decent like we were chatting the other night, you know, over a few beers and it's been years since I felt cold in April. Like that's you know, in the rut, you know.
2: That's probably a good thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, for Maddie, when it gets below 28 degrees, he's got to put a jumper on. Yeah,
0: so. he's, he's freezing, the poor little northern fella. But uh, he, um, it's yeah, it's really weird. I I remember sort of going back there probably 2012. I think we actually had a pretty good rut actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was sort of one of the ones I shot, you know, a pretty good one. And we're we're wearing thermals up the hill in the morning, like it yeah, was, it was cold, cool, cool enough to, and it, and it did. It kept him going all day. And I remember sort of coming you know back into the we camped on a gully on a second block we come to and i remember freezing my ass off in the bottom of the ute and that was about 8th april i think yeah. and there was a frost and everything like we haven't seen that even look like it like that cold the last few years
1: no i think the last sort of cold year we had would have been yeah 13 2012 2013 yeah well, i can remember getting up and putting a vest on and going for a hunt whereas this year pretty much wearing summer clothes
0: yeah 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 you're looking for the board shorts i think it was that oh. warm but it t- it's made it pretty tough getting around like and as you said they'll shut up by 8 o'clock it was
1: freaking hot by 8 yeah like I think oh, the coldest temp we got there one morning was 9 degrees like going back a couple of years we would have had 4 degrees 5 degrees and there's a frost on the ground which you know indicates it got down pretty close to zero at some stage in the middle of the night I think this year when we had daytime temps of you know 30 degrees that's
0: yeah, stupid yeah definitely yeah you know sort of you know, autumn didn't sort of really kick, did it? Like it didn't really, didn't really sort of take off. And now we've, you know, we've seen some cooler mornings. Now maybe that's got something to do with them having yeah. a later run.
2: You still haven't seen a frost, but like
0: no, no. And I've I mean, I know you guys in the areas you are. I mean, on coastal, so it takes a fair while for me to see back home. But you know, especially with you, are, Maddie, like you, yeah. you'd normally be seeing them by now. Yeah,
2: definitely, definitely. Like we usually get, yeah, frost around the first of April. Yep
0: nothing like yeah that. nothing and it's dry too which oh. you would
1: think that it should be it should be frosting up like usually if it's yeah. really wet yeah it takes a little bit more but we get a little bit of dew in the mornings that's about it
2: like we've just started to have heavy dew now yeah so yeah
0: so it's like we're about with everything i think we're sort of like looks like we're a month late sort of thing but
2: it's
1: yeah. all cycled yeah sort of a month behind
0: yeah the prediction is a really really cold winter which i hope for yeah. the for the winter bores anyway <laughs> yeah.
2: and that's the same with up north like our wet seasons are getting later and later yeah
0: so going back, obviously when you first sort of, you know, a time at the Maddie, what was the normal, normally, you know, your hunt sort of finished even like mid, late October because that was getting risky with, with weather. Um, yep. I remember a couple of years I went up there, it was sort of like, oh, you know, could be a bit dicey sort of thing. What I mean, you, you've sort of seemed to be running in well in November. I know you spent a fair while up there yep. waiting for the rains to come. What uh, What's the sort of take on it now?
2: Yeah, so... Uh we haven't seen decent rain until oh, sort of mid November. Yep. Now. But then it or oh, the last few years it's come and gone. Okay. Um, hasn't hasn't stayed around. Yeah, like like Grant was meant to come up last year in mid November and we, we sort of had hundred and ten mil and there was water laying everywhere. Yeah. And we thought that was the start of the wet, but it sort of left and didn't come back until the start of January.
0: Yep. And you had to stay up there until then too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That was fun games.
2: Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> It is. It, it's good, but, yeah.
0: So, obviously, the, to give a peb, bit of an idea of why you got to stay, it's obviously, you know, the risk of fire and those kind of things. Yeah. Just sort of give a rundown of what the actual process, once your hunting finishes up, what's what's the sort of close down um, of the cape?
2: So, I sort of have to stick around, and if there's a fire coming through, I have to go and fight it. Yep. Um, hopefully, me early season burns that I've put in... Are, are enough. Gonna, are gonna enough, and, but... I still have to monitor it, and yep. hopefully it doesn't doesn't come through and burn the place out. So basically, I just hang around and hunt and fish and catch bulls and muck around. Yeah. And um, if you if there's a fire, I have to go and fight it. If not, if it if it rains early, I can come home early. Or okay. all, all seasonal depends on what's going on.
0: Yep. It sounds like fun to everyone that uh, you get to hunt and fish. You know, for, while you're waiting. But you you have been up there a long time. Like it. Yep. Uh, yeah, you've seen a lot of stuff hit the deck, you've caught a lot of fish, so you know, at, by that time you sort of are looking to get home, aren't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to get out of there, and especially like I'm hanging around by myself as well, so yep. it's very hard to film anything, um, take photos, you know, so...
0: You're a bit of a social butterfly, so... Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah I, lo- I like to get to the pub and... Mingle. Yeah, yeah just mingle, you know, and...
1: Uh, we I, know what you like to go to the pub. <laughs> <with>. <laughs> I, yeah. The I Expo really, Show, <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't
2: really like driving 300 k to the pub every time so no no it's a bit
0: of a uh it's a bit of a mission mate yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um you're obviously you, you mentioned there before you, you are getting set up um you're what you're you're a few weeks off heading up
2: yeah about 10 days i reckon um i'll head up and probably fish a few barra dams on the way up and stop in and see if i can hunt a chittle yep and then get up there and yeah start lighting yep. lighting the place up
0: yep so you've um, you yeah. Once again, you're sort of setting it up. You're you're strategically sort of light a few fires and you you work the country like that. Yep. Um, it helps both ways. It helps you hunting, but it also helps you know obviously fire prevention later in the season. But it regenerates a lot of the country as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It um, yeah brings that green pick through, and that that helps with the cattle and and whatnot. They thrive off that green pick. Um, basically, if the grass hasn't been burnt for three years, like if it's three years old or more, it's got no nutrients in okay. it. Okay. So yeah.
0: You are head, heading up this year, Andy?
1: I am, I am. Uh, I had a bit early one this year, I think towards the end of August. Yep. I'll head back up um, and, yeah, give it a red hot crack. We'll go and do a bit of fishing as well while we're there. And we'll, yeah, put these pilot cuts to the test and hopefully get some good footage while we're there too.
0: Sounds good. We, um, how's the um, the season looking for the hunting sort of things, Matty? Plenty of bookings?
2: Yeah, I've got plenty of bookings. I've still got six spots left yep. for 2018. Um in mid September there. Okay. So yeah, but no, it's looking for a real good season. We had a good wet, so Yeah. Um that'll bring a lot more food around the swamp so the swamp should last a lot longer yep. through the year. Um but yeah, like we'll flush them creeks out and
0: Yep, yep. Yep. So it'll flush the creeks out and, and obviously they, you know tends to be a little bit more water sort of water laying around as well, but they'll dry up pretty quick yeah, depending yeah. on what the weather's doing.
2: Yeah, it'll dry up pretty quick once that that wind starts yep. up there for the dry season. Yeah, you can see it drying up in three or four days. Yeah, right. Different yep. things, so you just start hunting the head of the water and yep. moving your way down,
0: work it back from there. Yeah. Um, obviously, how many acres? For those that don't know where you are, um, just a bit of a wrap up on, you know, where you're hunting, what part of the the Cape, and um, how many acres are those kind of things.
2: Yeah, so uh, Strathburn Station basically bang smack in the middle of Cape York, at uh, 608,000 acres. So it's a pretty big chunk of land yeah. to get around. Um, sort of fifty kilometers by fifty kilometres. Yep. Give people an idea. Yeah, and just hunt a few hogs around there and do you know muck around and it's a
0: pretty good boys sort of uh oh and women but uh there's yeah. the blokes getaway, there's no doubt about that. There's plenty of fishing and um uh, actually the the quality is pretty awesome actually. It's oh. uh, it's probably a little bit underrated especially been in the middle. A lot of people think of the coast for the fishing, but yep. um I know it seems to be a lot of the boys that go up there you know shoot a few hogs or whatever it may be and then yeah fishing takes over pretty quick
2: yeah definitely like there's really good Saratoga fishing the barra fishing this year should be really good because we've had a good wet season so they can get out into them billabongs on the edge of the river and and what not
0: seems like a silly question but is it because of the flooding that's why the the barra get pushed across the top of the flats into those billabongs that's where they just end up
2: yeah so when the river breaks its bank and like goes out on the floodplains and there's billabongs out there, they can get into that. So the last four years we haven't had the river break its bank. Okay,
0: so right. So it's been that yeah, ordinary of a wet. Yeah,
2: yeah. Very like uh, some seasons when it's a really good wet season, we can't get out the back until the end of August, September. Okay. Um, in The last four years I've been there, we can get out there in May. Oh, wow. Um, we're taking a loader around doing tracks up, start of July. Okay. You know, so...
0: So And obviously it's too early to tell because you haven't been up there yet, yeah, but I haven't um, there. yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it'll be interesting to see what what comes up this year and, and how good the wet was. Like, I mean, we've heard reports of different areas that did get it, I know sort of the Northern Territory copped it, they got it big time, but yep. um, it'll be interesting to see. Well, hopefully hopefully they've got it, you know, they all need it.
2: Yeah, like I you know a few people up there and they, had, they said they've had some good flooding yep. and some good rains and it should be really wet, so it's pretty exciting to get up there and every year it changes so you get there and I get on the bike and go for a ride around and have a look and everything's changed like the swamps are different levels the river's probably still running when I get up there and yeah just a lot of boggy areas and bog the bike and (laughs) bog the vehicles Sounds like a lot of fun Yeah like if I'm the first one in there and all the creeks are sort of uh, like cut out sometimes I might have to park the ute up and walk down the driveway and go get the tractor and just to push, get in, push the creeks in so I can, yeah, get in. So
0: it's hard to imagine it. You know, if, you know yeah. I guess we don't have the old council <laughs> running around there, uh, <laughs> getting Maybe. around and fixing things up. No
1: dedicated causeways in the N- Cape. No,
0: no, no they are. Uh, oh, mate, I think that's all part of the adventure. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good fun. You, as you said that early, you wouldn't know what's around the corner.
2: No, that's it. Like, yeah, you see, see some cool stuff, really cool stuff, and yeah, it's just a big adventure.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome.
2: You don't know whether you're going to get bogged. For the day, you don't know whether like something's going to happen. You're going to have to walk back, or you're just going to have a really good day, shoot a few hogs, catch a few fish, camp you know, out. Yeah, camp hopefully yeah. not get lost. Nah, you oh. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there. Put <laughs> it
0: <laughs> well, this way, guys: if you uh, if Matty tells you to do something, you do it. So <laughs> it
1: spends more time in the Cape than most of us. <laughs> yep,
0: most definitely. It's, uh, it's a funny thing. People think it's flat country; it's pretty easy to get around. it yeah, it all bloody looks the same. That's the hard thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but, walk
2: 500 metres and turn around and go, yeah, where I shit,
0: I'm, where am I? Especially when the river's not flowing.
2: Yeah, oh, in the river country, there's so many arms coming in and out. Like, yep. we've got four river arms, so yep. it's very, yeah, yeah. they cross and weave and <laughs> end up over here and you think, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what makes the fishing cool. good too, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep, so. Well, guys, obviously, um, you know, and, and part of the reason we, we got together today is uh, you have released a new brought out now and um, oh it's been a little while I suppose and it's definitely been getting tried and proven around the around the grounds um, obviously succeeded through the rut you know very very well um, I guess firstly probably jump into how it come about um, obviously Kogi has been around a little while and you know probably just gives the listeners a bit of an idea of you know some of the the ideas behind it and things like that um, one of you can start <laughs> they're looking at each other he's going who's starting this but that's it where do we go from here yeah. so so uh, anyway mate no not matter
2: yeah like I sort of started the heads oh, I think it's six years ago now yep Um, as I said before like i come from a sickie off work and I needed some broadheads. I couldn't find them couldn't find what I wanted so yep. I just my old man's got a fabrication shop and I thought all oh, I'll I'll start making them in there and anyway long story short I come up with a head and it doesn't get produced in australia obviously yep um, the cost and the price in australia is the same hard. as you, everything, mates. you can't can't sell the product can't at an affordable, affordable price so anyway long story short I crowd head it's been around for a while and then um we've always been looking to go into that one piece yep market but there's a few around and you can't really like what else can you do with a broad exactly
0: right yeah um so you won't want to try, you wanted to get into the CNC stuff but you just won't want to follow suit, you wanted to sort of come up with something different?
2: Yeah, yeah, and something that's beneficial for people and it's going to work, I just didn't want to bring out a product because I could bring out a product. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, anyway, so I was, yeah, talking to a few blokes and they they come up with this idea and they showed me what, what the go is with it and and whatnot and they wanted to try and do something but couldn't, yeah. couldn't come around to it and... I wrote, done some research and whatnot, and actually found that we, after a few years, we they finally had a machine to to do these heads.
1: Yeah. So it was more the actual machine that actually held yeah. it back. Okay. Yes. Righto.
2: Yep. Just 'cause of the shape of them, and
1: well, you need a whatnot. it's eight eight or nine axis CNC machine to do it because of all the angles and the curves and yep. the way it all goes. So.
2: So yeah, and then I started working up north, and it was very hard to do. Do anything from up there Yeah, <laughs> because of no service no internet oh the internet was limited at that time Sure. And, and whatnot anyway so got talking to randy and he was interested in coming in and and helping me out and whatnot so we sort of got together and put our heads together and started from there so and it that's was how the new the new one sort of started the brothership
1: yeah it was pretty beneficial that we'd both been trying to do the exact same broadhead yeah. and Matt's got one side of it sorted, I've got the other side of it sorted, put the two together and it all sort of, yeah. That's where it went. It took off a a wildfire, really. Yep. Mm. I think from the first conversation about a month later, we had the first lot of prototypes here and, yeah, then modifying prototypes back and forth, emails, drawings, yeah. I think eight or nine cracks at it before we actually got something that we were happy to go and shoot and run ourselves and then, yeah. These things have been tested for the last sort of two, three years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we did any mass production, like I machined some up because um, I'm engineer and do a lot of machining as well. So I machined a couple up by hand, and I took some up with golf a few years back and shot yeah half a dozen balls with it there, and I've still got that original head now. It's uh, probably killed thirty or forty pigs. Yep. So it's a pretty tough and
0: effective head. Definitely. So, breaking it down, and we will get a bit techni- techno here, but um, I guess what's the main principle of the shape? Because i look like in and obviously, we've been very open. You know, a lot of people do struggle with, you know, one, how's that going to work? Two, you know, what's the effectiveness? We know they work, like, that's fine, yep. but what's the idea behind the design?
1: Well, basically, one of the main things is you get the same cutting diameter for a third of the the surface area. So you wind drag, you steer on a broadhead like It's always been the thing with a fixed blade. You've got to have big veins to counteract it. That's why mechanicals are so popular because they're more accurate. Um, So you get that. You've got your your three to one ratio at the front there. So angling shots like that Fred Ashby's proved at 101 times. Three to one's that prime angle for penetration. You can't get a better angle. So you've got that at the front to get it started. Flares out there at the back, and from Matt's experience shooting, the boar's bedded up in cape. Uh, I'll let him run with that, but that's another major part of it.
2: Yeah, so just on that shape, like I see a lot of boars bedded up in in the creeks. Have clients go in and put a shot in, and been seeing the back of the broadhead hitting first first. before the tip. Yep. So they're running along the ribs, and out the same side they haven't actually entered the engine room. Boar runs off. He's got to slice up his ribs. He's not actually hurt like it's no more than a fighting scar yeah um, anyway, so what these do, if the back of the blade hits because of that cutout, it's actually going to drive that point in, in. and continue on its same path like yep. I, I sort to shoot a bore and then to test these, I was putting them like just putting a quiver into a board all different angles trying to get these things to skip yep. and I haven't I haven't yet had one rake up the ribs but yeah it just changes that percentage of of that happening like a lot of people go oh how how often that's going to happen well i might see it once a week yeah it
0: depends how much you're hunting too <laughs> yeah it,
2: exactly and like as randy said there's less surface area but you still get the same cut um as an, a normal head that actually cuts wider than the shape like the how wide it is at the back because it actually sucks all them organs in and the skin and whatnot, and the back blades hit, and it, they nearly make a popping noise. Yep, and it pulls all the skin tight. You know, if you cut yourself and your skin's tight, yep, it's going to cut a lot easier and wider. F- cut. And shiver up my spine. That's so. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's
1: a shock I'm feeling. Just, yeah, you yep. got to look at the back of Tommy Pilos' leg.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just sort of it cuts a bigger wound channel than mm-hmm. the actual head size. So that's another another thing.
0: Yeah, I mean it's um. And and obviously I you know I knew they were in the works and and obviously I you know talking to you guys in behind the scenes you know for quite some time and and obviously a couple of other guys that were a little bit involved with it as well and yeah it's sort of you know and you know and a point to you you know you kind of had a crack as well because it it takes a little bit to to go against the go against the grain I suppose you could say and and obviously you know we all know there's there's hundreds of bloody good heads out there they're all tried and proven it's just good to go down that little angle and and I know some people are gonna struggle to understand the concept of it because it doesn't look the norm. That's yeah, that's probably yeah. all it is. Well, that's it's the just biggest the biggest
1: thing of it. it looks weird. It looks like it should be bloody sitting in an aircraft hey, <laughs> and not on the front of your arrows like yeah. 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 With um you know, as I
0: said, we you know, it's certainly been proven. You've got a bit of a weight range too. What um what are you running at the moment?
2: Oh so we've got one twenty fives, one fifties and one seventy fives out. Um we will be looking at doing a hundred. Okay. Um that's hopefully 2018. Yep. And yeah, see how that goes. Like people, th- people's first impression that I reckon when they see him will be how do we sharpen them. Yep. Um, we are working on a sharpener for him too. Yep. Um, and yeah, so we'll see see how that goes. We've sort of got some prototypes coming for sharpeners and, and get them sorted. And it'll be a lot easier for, for people to sharpen them at the moment we just sort of use a half round file yep. and a normal steel like yep. a butcher's steel like yeah. and yeah they come up, come up really well
0: yeah I found that whatever steel's been used in mean, a minute and whatever hardness you're running as well it, it has made it quite easy there, there wasn't it didn't take much at all for that yep. the first patch I got and um, you know it was good to see because I think it's probably always been the problem of a not the problem but always someone's concern um, across the board and for many years we're only just talking about Tusker and Delta and all this kind of stuff just before in our previous chat, but it's always been a thing, you know, the guys that have done it forever, you know, three swipes of file and a, and a quick run down the down the steel, they're, they're shaving, popping hairs off their arms, and then all of us will sit here and probably got a round round bar on the top of the thing, you know what I mean? But um, any quick tricks, you know, and, and not maybe not just your head, but just using a file, and I know we'll name it, like Brad in, his, in one of his DVDs, I think it's Feral Game, two two yeah, um it. does a pretty awesome demo with um you know how, how to sharpen a broadhead but um any quick tips on on angles and that kind of stuff
1: just the same if you can get that file like obviously if you're using a second cutter a bastard file you're trying to take a lot of meat off each swipe mm-hmm. so it's gonna the file itself is gonna actually roll and want to move instead of cutting in the direction you push sure so by using a, a mill file or a, a smooth file you take less of a cut yeah you've got to do an extra couple of strokes but your finish is nicer and it lets you have more control of the file instead of trying to bounce it across. And just follow the angle of it. Like We've got this coating, the Teflon coating. If you do your first swipe and you see it's high, we obviously drop the angle of your file and vice versa. If you get in the bottom and not the top, lift it up. And if you can put it against something solid like use a table or brickwork or something like that, something to actually hold the head so it's not floating around, you sort of, you're taking that movement out and you're eliminating any chance of it rolling back and forth. Yep. Um, We've done a couple of videos there and it's the biggest thing with it is every second message we get, how do we sharpen them? How do we sharpen them? So,
0: yeah, that's always, I mean, you know, coming up with new shape and all that kind of stuff, it's always going to take a little bit to, you know, that's, that's just what it is. That's, that's just being real about it. It's always going to take a little bit of a challenge to, to get that thing. You're obviously going down the line, um, you know, obviously getting a sharpener that's going to suit them as well. Um, I've heard of the, the Helix sharpener's been pretty good on them too. Yeah, the um, angle
1: on the Helix is slightly different. Yep, yeah, it um, does take a little bit of work, I think, to bring the can, angle back in. Yeah, you can back on the Helix. It's got a little socket of cap screw. You can back it off and adjust the angle of it to yep. make it work better. And also you just tinker around with the angle you hold the broad head when sure. you drag it through to yep. get less drag. And so it's actually just working that, that working edge, not the whole... Not trying to cut meat off the whole broadhead. Yeah. Essentially, you're just doing that that working edge of the broadhead. Yeah. Um, But like any other broadhead, it's just it's two different angles on the head, so it's file one way and then take back and file the other yeah. way. It's not. Yeah. Out of this world. It's just that it's got two cutting edges on the same face, as opposed to traditionally just having the one one long straight edge.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'll, I don't know what other guys doing. Like I've I've just kept them square. So you know, for the few that I've sharpened. Uh, for myself and, and other guys, we've just kept them square. So I haven't bothered about trying to put a ra- lock around roundness in them. I've seen a few guys sort of round off that little that little triangle piece in there.
1: Yeah, well, that's where that, I think it's 150 mil half round file. The radius on the back of that size file is the same radius that the head's designed to. So you yep. can use the back of it to keep the radius. Cool. So for myself, I just, yeah, do the front edge, do the back edge, and then use that half round bit across the back. Two or three strokes, and just it, in that middle it there. blends. You you can look at the steel, and it blends in. Once you get that, and you have the burr on the edge, then we just roll it over and use the half round part of the file to actually knock that burr off. So when you do your stroke, the tip of that half round actually contacts the whole edge and rolls the whole burr, not just the flat edges. Gotcha. And yeah, once you've got that burr, and it's you know it's an actual burr, you can almost feel it with your fingers and flick it back and forth. When you've got it to that point if you're going to go up the cape and shoot balls that have got an inch of mud on their shoulder... Leave the burr on. Leave the burr on, because then, yeah, on impact, that burr tears off as it goes through the skin, and once it penetrates and it gets into the, the boiler room, you've got a razor-sharp edge in there, whereas if you take the edge off, you lose that and you dull the head before it even gets into where it's got to cut and do the work.
2: Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that, leaving that burr on, especially, like, for coarse hair yep. game. That's
0: interesting, because, I mean, we all sort of... You know, to be honest with you, you know, we all sort of like to see that, you know, hair popping and all that kind of stuff. And with the burr, it probably doesn't actually work like that a little bit. Um, and I'll drop my old man again. You know, he's always been one if he tests it on his thumb, picks the skin up on his thumb. Um, and he's always said the old Japanese knife makers, that's how they test all their blades. Um they all, you know, they just they run it along the thin. it just picks your skin up, really that's a terrible thing to think about if what we're doing. But you're just running that on and he leaves burr on. Never, never, ever yep. does he take it off. Yeah. Stands oh. that burr up and I gotta be honest, he has not lost many.
2: Uh, I've seen a few in the cake there because it's so hot. Um, a couple of blokes there, they they stropped there, strop yep. their heads, and On so the leather. Were, yeah, they were polished. Yeah, they were razor razor sharp. Yeah, but they lost a few bores because they shot them, and because it's so hot, the um, the cut is like that clean. The blood ah. actually stuck the wound together. Back together, and you lost blood like your blood drain. yeah like so it's the they're, trail
0: they're gonna die but it's the trailing link they have trouble pin- with
2: pinwheeled these things like you go he's gone he, he's over with but and that's what we come down to the next two days after after them scenarios happened it didn't just happen on one bore it happened on a few Yeah. and we just sh- resharpened his head and left the burr on and every bore after that he shot I don't know whether it, it was like it's yeah, just coincidence yeah, or coincidence it was yeah, not, like yeah, every bore he shot went down with him fifty metres, you know, we found him. Yep. Them other ones might have went down fifty metres too, but we couldn't find him in the grass and no, no the blood.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well so, I think that, you know, it goes back to, you know, the old saying, you know, what you want to cut yourself with is a sharp knife or a blunt one. Yeah. We're not saying yeah, brought it to blunt like no. before anyone writes me an email and say, you've got to sharpen your brawler. We're not saying that. It's it's about all about this burr that we're talking about. It's the difference between being sharp with a burr left on it. Because when you're sharpening, all you're doing is moving the burr from one side to the other. Yep. Obviously, once we get to a point, the burr stands up. I know it's getting technical. I wish we could have a video of us doing all these hand movements here. But, <laughs> we um, look like um, proper idiots we right do, now. Do we? All three of us here doing bloody Indian TP side to side. <laughs> <laughs> oh if anyone was watching this it's freaking funny um but yeah we sort of we're talking about standing this up and and you know for those that don't use you know stuff that they sharpen themselves it's probably going to be a little bit hard to understand but um you know a lot of us do that and then we'll run it on a steel that pretty much either stands burr up or, or potentially take it off yeah you take
1: that burr off and
0: you have it it'll pop your hairs it's it's super yep. it's like sort of scalpel sharp yep. um but what matt's saying is that when it goes through the animal it's it, the cut's so clean um, it's kind of like a knee, you know, a, a pin. You put It's a, such a clean prick, it, it closes up so quickly. Yep. You get that little bit of blood and then boom, it's it's done. Especially
2: yeah. in hot weather, like 40-degree yeah. sort of so. days, 45-degree days. Um,
0: and yeah. it, you got, you know, and obviously we're talking, you said about the you know, the coarse hair of a boar, um, you know, obviously... Rooster. Rooster as well. I mean, a lot reds. of deer species, yep. really, yeah. Or anything um, that
1: wallows in mud, saving you, like your buffalo, yep. yep. rooster, reds. All of that stuff that has it's basically it has got coarse hair and anything that wallows, that mud, it doesn't just go on, like it's not slapped on because they're rolling in it and wallowing at aerates rates and it actually turns it into essentially like an armour. Yep. Um, you know, pigs use it for insulation purposes and a pig's designated, he's got a fighting pad there too, so yep. you've so got, you got it. You're yeah, punching through some, double there. Yeah, yep. well you've got three layers there that you've got to try and get through before you even get into where you want to actually make yep. a
0: mess of. Yep, definitely. And I think there's a lot of come back and <laughs> there's some rabbit worms to get down here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it all comes back to shot placement and, and practice in different angles. Obviously, you know, in the Cape, for anyone that's going up there or plans to go up there, you don't get that opportunity to have that perfect angle, unfortunately. No. Um, you kind of got to sometimes make it happen. Um, sometimes not the preferred angles, but there's a, there is a chance there you may have to knock it back, not not take the shot if you're not 100% confident. But So what we're talking about is that you know yes you might be sort of coming down the top of them yeah you a lot of the times you're coming in behind the ribs or into the ribs kind of thing so yeah. and obviously a lot of that time is where the mud is so um all these little things have got the, the head's got to go through whether we're talking like your guys or whatever you're using up there um it, it's all the same principle it doesn't matter what
1: you're using yeah. they all, all work in the same way they're all fighting the same odds yep definitely have you had much of a play with mm-hmm. um
0: obviously arrow setup not diving down the arrow weights and all those kind of things, but what's been most popular here we go here goes Randy um see his eyes light up <laughs> yeah <laughs> what um just with arrow setup but more along the lines of um how they are flying with different you know length veins and those kind of things I find that all that very interesting. I've always been the two blade you know four inch yep. vane all that kind of stuff i'm I'm starting to steer away from that now um I think maybe it's probably a mix of my, or I won't say my tuning, but <laughs> some of the other boys' tuning. Thanks, Benny. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that all helps as well. But how, what, have you found any sort of thing that uh, has worked better for you just of late? I haven't
1: found anything that works sort of better or worse. Like I'm running four AAE vanes um, and that head and I can't fault that setup. up. Um, you've got other guys running three AAEs, you've got guys running blazers, you've yep. still got the old guys running, you know, three, four or five inch veins and May. look. Yeah. That still works, it still steers, it still kills animals. That's yep. all productive, I suppose it comes down to personal preference. Certainly. Um you can get quieter veins. I think Brad Murphy did a thing a little while back. That's pretty and cool. And the, the AAEs ended up being the quietest vein. And actually this year while we are in camp, we had a deer jump the string and we got back and sort of, yeah, sat up at the target and shot different arrows. We shot four veins. We shot three veins. We shot Jack's recurve. I was just about to Did that you throw that thing That stupidly ever? quiet. Like, so is he shooting?
0: He's shooting feathers?
1: Yeah, he's shooting three five inch feathers. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think they're parabolic and they're not a shield cut. They're the like a banana cut, I think they call it. Yeah, I'm not a trad genius, so don't hold me to it. Jack, like, if you listen to this, break this down on your podcast, would you? Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but that thing's quiet. like you—you you don't hear the arrow go past. It's stupidly quiet, whereas ours, you know, the, the modern bows are travelling at. Two fifty to three hundred feet per second, that's interesting. it just it whips past, and yeah you don't know whether it's the actual arrow or it's the the air that it's cutting as it goes through, but yeah, three vanes was quieter than the four, yeah, but not not uh, that much that you know you'd go out and defletch all your arrows and go to three three vanes overnight, like yeah, I'm thinking about going back to three vanes myself, yeah, so I just. To be honest, I've just never fletched four, and I don't even know why. I mean, it's certainly become
0: very popular of looking at a lot of the guys in the States and those kind of things. I've seen a lot of four veins got really... I know, it's just had a bit of a surge of late. I'm not sure where it come from. Um, obviously, I know stabili- st- stability, I should say, is is one of the reasons, because they're obviously dropping size of veins. The four's still supporting that broadhead, but, um, yeah, it's funny how just the last couple of years it sort of jumped up.
1: And I think in the high windage it sort of, it helps there as well, just to keep that arrow stabilised as yep. it travels out and the longer distance too. Like, we're all sort of, we're pushing that limit now, you know. We're not doing 20-yard shots or 30-yard shots, pushing out to 40, Set Ma- Matt. Matt's just gone. Matt's, 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 Matt's just rolled his eyes at us and gone, you're kidding, right? I'm going shorter. I'm going five yards yeah, ten yeah. yards. That's me. He wants to poke him with the arrow before he draws back sort of thing. Yeah. You're not happy unless you can smell him. That's it. <laughs>
0: No, that's interesting. I mean, it um, and obviously everybody's so different. You know, at the end of the day, Matt said a good one before. He said, I don't, I don't care how well the arrow shoots as long as it hits where I want to hit. And He's got a good point. You know, we get so technical uh, about everything, but if you're confident you can hit the spot, well, could I, you know, just run with that. Oh, know, we spend so it. much
1: time tuning and making sure the arrow's flying at this feet per second and it's hitting square at this distance and it's yep. it's only dropping this much over... You know, 20 to 30 yards. We only want it to drop one inch, and we'll change this. We'll change that. My broadheads aren't fitting where my he- field points are, and forever playing with the bow and tinkering with it. I <laughs> think well, uh, we just can't help ourselves, mate. That's what it is. I think yeah, bow shops yeah. love it. Oh. You got you got people that just like to tinker. You got people that just get it dialed in, shoot it, and then they don't touch the bow for. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm a fiend for it. Summers normally sets my bows up. And once it's set and dialed, I don't touch it. Yep, and if it shoots wrong, it's normally the idiot operating it. Oh, yeah. that's ninety nine percent of the time, mate. <laughs>
2: I'm the same with that too.
1: Yeah, have it you just... picked your bar up this year, Matty?
2: No, <laughs> oh, I shot it, I think three times in my house, and that was about it.
0: But you just shot it a thousand times last year in within three months.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I sort of you know, put it down. And sort of, it's. You're busy. There. I, I look at it every day.
0: Oh, that's alright. Yeah, it's
2: sitting there, but
0: yeah. it's still got love. In other words.
2: Kind of, it's got a bit of dust in <laughs> <Should> <laughs> <That's quake>. it. She <laughs> creaks a bit when it gets pulled back. Yeah, it's still got mud all over it from last year, but anyway, <laughs> it'll work this year. Will you
0: put a new set of strings on it? No, nah. don't worry about
2: that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm that basic one that just, as long as my arrows are hitting 30 yards, tennis ball group, yep. I'm like... You
0: still kill shit. You kill shit more. You kill more than most.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I like being basic. This technical stuff for me... Blows my mind. Yeah, I seen you go asleep
0: there when Randy and I started <laughs> talking. kicked back on the lounge here a bit. So yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get too much into the technical side of things of arrows, weight, speed, and stuff. I just like to hit the dot. And
0: well, let's be honest. You know, when you when you when you are up in the Cape in those kind of hunts, you know, we're you're not shooting at a thirty, forty yard open, you know, cleared ranged range deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, so I guess a lot of your stuff is, you know, it's getting thrown around the truck. It's getting but yeah, our gear gets bashed around it dust yeah, yeah. and mud and everything else. I mean simplicity is a pretty good thing. Like if you yeah. do have to change a string or something up there, yeah. the simpler that setup is. I think I seen a video there last year, someone I oh don't know, that was a bit of a story behind that, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, there was. Um we sort of had a ball charge <laughs> in camp and Yeah, um Ben sort of lost his cables to a pig tusk.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah no, it was I wasn't there but Brad was there and he caught it on film and and whatnot, and we played it back a thousand times in camp just to have a laugh <laughs> um, but yeah we had to change out a set of cables yep. in camp we got a bow press there and whatnot. not but yep. that's a lot easier than a ratchet strap
0: oh yeah but we do what we got to do you know Yeah. Oh yeah. there's probably a bush mechanic in that <laughs> camp so someone you know, I, I, I don't assume uh, some as the the bow master was there or yeah. sort of, self-proclaimed bow master anyway but um, yeah he was obviously there and Brad or seen them they're all over it but um but that yeah my point of that is you know something on the simplicity in those kind of situations are you know a lot of other guys maybe wouldn't have got back on the deck you know what I mean so if uh if if their setup's too fancy but I mean everything's pretty good these days you know we can quick turn and quick you know adjustment here and there and we can generally get get someone hitting back on the target so to speak so
2: yeah definitely and you don't have to take them 40 meter shots no not, no not where I'm hunting like well, I know I don't even have a range finder yeah and if I'm with someone that has a range finder and we see a boar and they click it and I'll go oh how far do you reckon that is and they'll go oh 35 and I'll go nah we're, we're further than that we have to be like 60 yeah it's so like 20 yards to me looks massive yeah yeah for sure and so I think when I'm up there like I come come back sit Throw the target out at twenty and go. Geez, that's a long shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's one of them things. I mean, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take an angle shot in a creek bed from forty yards. I mean, that's oh, no way. You need to be able to, You need to be that close to pick up a crease, or you need to pick up a, a flake of mud on a hair or something. Yeah,
1: a fly People's sitting there yeah. buzzing around. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost pinpoint accuracy required for those weird angled. Yeah, it's shooting, crazy stupid.
2: Shooting through a fallen tree like through the. Yeah, Rangers, a four-inch circle to push and, through or something like that. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, bores at the best of times. Um, you know, they're tough as nails anyway. I mean, oh. you can pinwheel them things and and they still go. They know? don't die easy. No, not at all. So, you know, doing the right thing by them and, and obviously trying to be successful without too much disappointment in a hunt. You know, if you can get those things dialed and get in nice and close and, and really put it on the spot, yeah. you're going to probably come away a little bit happier as well.
2: And I don't, I don't know about other people, but for me, it's about getting close.
0: Yep, I love it. I think that's what we bow want. Yep, that's we it. Should be.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, 20 is that magic number. <laughs> if you can get to twenty, that's that's where it's at. But yep. yeah, sometimes you just you physically can't get to that situation. Yeah. Whether it be no cover or yeah, like yeah, up definitely. there the creek, or if you're hunting them on a, a soak or a wallow or something, it might be thirty meters to the other side. So. Yep. It's yep. good to practice at that distance and have the, the confidence to know that you put your pin there and when you execute your shot, having you know, 99% faith that you're going to hit where you're aiming, it's a lot better than not uh, not having that practice and going, well, are we going to get this thing or not? And, <laughs>
2: yeah, don't release the arrow. Yeah,
1: yeah no, I mean, it's oh.
0: we've all been there where we want to take that one back, don't we? Oh, yeah. mate, oh.
1: <laughs> every, everyone's done it and you sort of, at the end of it, you want to punch yourself in the head and yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. yep. yep. Only hindsight can. Uh, it's a wonderful thing after. And then oh. you struggle sleeping.
2: Oh. Rethinking I, it.
0: I just. I'm right now. I'm just stop thinking it. a couple of. Stop like, it! You're yeah. gonna make me cry. <laughs> just thinking about a boar a couple
2: of weeks back. That's.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't yep. even go there.
0: Done the same thing, mate. Just rushed it. You chased a ball around or whatever it might have been for days, and you finally get that crack at it, and. I, I i remember one i chased this thing three times i had him under 20 yards three times and the angle wasn't right and he'd slip over or slip into the blackberries just chasing the same sea around three days and man I walked this hill for him it's like up and down up and down and i got back onto him and followed him to the blackberries and i slipped into this real tight gully and i reckon there was about i look back now it was freaking stupid because the, the only way out was me like it was a wall of blackberry above him, wall of blackberry to the left of him, and the little tiny trail to the right. Thank God he went that way. But <laughs> the worst thing was he's, he's come out. I could hear him coming through the blackberries. And his was just trying to get away from him. And he just come, and he wouldn't believe it where he picked up. He picked up in a V of the tree, which was the only tree in the freaking gully. But what it was, where I, you know, same thing, just rushing it. I've looked at the V. And I'm like, yeah, that's his chest. That's his chest. Yeah, there's his leg. And what it was, it wasn't his leg. It was another branch coming on the back side of the tree. It looked like his leg, but it, what it was. And I ended up hitting him square in the like square to the ribs. So I was probably about three ribs back instead of that. So I hit him three ribs back in the biggest blackberry bush in 25,000 acres. And you know where that ball went, don't
1: Yeah, yeah. He went and died in the middle of that blackberry right bush. Right in the middle,
0: mate. And I, it was about 10 foot high. There was no way. Yeah. So that ball, he would had a set of hooks it in. It was a good ball too. If he's <laughs> si- still sitting in that middle of that bush, I reckon. So, yep. but it was just. Exactly the same thing. It was just that I oh, wish I could have just taken that back because he only needed to take one step, either way, and then he was going to be in trouble. He was only ten, eleven yards away. Then Gordy
1: went up the track instead of oh. I was in trouble. Yeah, it was in big trouble. I don't know about you boys, but there's never a shot that I've let down that I've regretted.
0: No, no, no.
1: definitely not. You sort of, yeah. You can always sleep easier that night. That go, yeah. Look, I might it's not have that- had the shot, but I didn't wound him. I didn't fluff it. He's still going, I'm still going. There's yeah. another day tomorrow, let's hit this again. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yep. Well you probably
0: heard my, you know, last episode on me with that uh, that Ibex, you know. Like that was to be honest and still and I'll probably never beat it, that was the hardest decision I've ever had to make was not slam that thing through. Yeah. You know, try and I don't know, just get an arrow in it, sort of thing. And, you know, you just as much as I would have liked to acclaim, mate, you know, you just can't do it. You, you know, I've learned my lesson and, and there was it certainly wasn't a place where you can go and try and find one you yeah. know if you want to die it's probably a good place to try and do it but <laughs> you know it was just one of the ones you learn enough and yeah, it's one of those situations i'd love to have again don't get me wrong but um yeah we, we learn these things we
1: normally learn the hard way mm, definitely that's that's bow hunt one <laughs> if you're not ready for failure don't even pick one don't up don't pick a bow <laughs> up because <laughs> yeah. it's about 99 percent failure and one percent success but yep. that 1% is so sweet.
0: Well, you could probably say that for 3D as well, you know, or probably archery, probably any sport really. But yep. I'll tell you what, 3 Ds like that. You could be smacking them in the lead up to a 3D comp, walk out in the range and shoot the, like, the biggest busted ass
1: you could possibly imagine. That's how I shoot 3D, like a busted ass every time. <laughs> I, I go
2: all right, like leading up to the 3D, smacking target good, and then the pub comes into <laughs> content on the Friday night. And then you're like, you only go in on there for a few beers, but you end up helping them close up. By <laughs> drinking Saturday. the rest
1: of the keg. <laughs> that and never happens. Never happens. Yeah. And
2: Saturday is a, bit, is a bit hard. And then Saturday night, you back it up again. And Sunday, it just goes to shit. <laughs> like, you try and get home. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. You haven't <laughs> shot an
0: arrow yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot, you, I haven't done a 3D comp in oh, four years now because I've been up north. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's how it used to go.
0: 3D is funny. It... Um, I mean I used to shoot a lot of it, a hell of a lot of it but I know a lot of most things it sort of goes a little bit by the wayside I mean we get busier as as people anyway but you know it's sort of, I'd like to see all that sort of get going again I, you know they've sort of struggled with numbers and that I mean the shoots used to be massive it used to be a freaking yeah. good time, I remember when you boys and all that used to turn up and a lot of Tamworth boys and that and then a lot of those clubs sort of, it all sort of split
1: and It dies in the arse a bit everyone yeah. gets busier but in time like for myself, I know I'd rather go and spend a weekend chasing actual boars in the hill yep. than shooting foam targets on a range. Well, on the same you get yep. that opportunity to get away for a weekend, I know what I'm gonna pick. Like you gotta percent. Hundred percent every <not> time. time. <laughs> it's not a it's not even a tangible question yeah, that I'll one. I get friend upon yeah. no
0: matter what where I go when I walk out the door, so I might as well go somewhere where I'm gonna enjoy yeah. it more. So we're, we're bowing us, mate, we're always in the shits, just the depth of varies. <laughs> that so. is very true.
1: I don't have that problem yet. No. Yet, yeah, yeah, being the yeah. key word there, but We'll see how we go. <laughs>
0: He's still on the search. Yeah. Okay. He wants to get back up north. So you you couldn't go up north if you had that.
2: No, they'd have to come with you. That's right. And they want to be pretty good at riding a horse, or <laughs> catching a bull, or something like that. Uh, pretty yeah. handy that. The, that'd the have
1: criteria to be. checklist for that would be phenomenal. So <laughs> you, you're better off waiting until they can actually make a Sheila. <laughs> and just just get it created with all the right checklists before you even think about taking them up there
0: oh that is funny oh.
1: sorry boys I just got a message to my wife
0: She's boarding the plane so I better run and do the right thing Oh, yeah. safe trip safe travels Kylie she's, uh, poor thing. she's 29 weeks pregnant going to see her sister I well, couldn't think oh. of anything worse so. yeah, no. but she'll be right she deserves a break so and then, yeah uh, from you yeah, I reckon yeah. it might be. <laughs> But uh, so most people say it's payback for me going away all the time, but they're probably right, actually. So, But anyway.
1: It's only fair.
0: It's only fair. It yeah. is only fair. So, yeah, I'll do it back to her again in August. That'll be interesting.
2: Where are you off to in August?
0: Chasing uh, mountain guts in Alaska in August. Oh. Yeah, just another one of them. It's just crazy. She's in the, the roll way, of the eyes yeah. just then. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Probably yeah, timing wasn't the best. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting the bird right now. But no, it's uh looking forward to that. It's gonna be uh gonna be part of the bow down under film yeah. again. Jerry's coming and uh hopefully Brad puts his hand up as well if he's still in one piece. So <laughs> That'd All, be uh, crazy how he holds up. But yeah, it should be good. We're um I'm pretty pumped for that one. It's kinda of been a dream animal for me. Or I would never I was never really interested or not I shouldn't say interested in them, but they were never you know something that I sort of dreamed of, and my first trip to Montana. Um, there's one on the wall of Doug's place, so where we can, where we sleep in this, in the uh, in the dinner cabin, and uh, there's a big goat up on the. Th- oh, mate! As soon as I walked in and seen that, I'm like, right, I want one of them. But so, they're just uh, they're huge, eh? Hey? They're massive. Like they, compared to our goats here. Yeah, they're, they're non-comparable. Like it's they're it's, kind of like they're bigger version, like a boar more, but like that. They're just all shoulders. There's no. Uh, no back end to them at no, all. They're just all skinny these shoulders. in the arse end. And a lot of hair, like a lot of it is hair as well. So depending on what time of the year you, you, you get them. So we're, obviously our timing's a little bit different because it's August. So I was talking to the outfitter, um, pushing into September, weather becomes an issue, which I kind of probably stuffed up in my planning a little bit because I was thinking, oh, September will be fine and then I'll tag on Nelcon at the end <laughs> of it. Yeah, I had all these big grand plans and he's <laughs> like, no, no, you're coming in August. Okay. <laughs> so uh had to do as I told and um yeah, now the main reason that is just so we're not socked socked in by by weather or, or having that risk a bit like sort of the end of you know, yep. the cape sort of thing. Um the last thing as a bow owner is lose two or three days to weather. You know, it still can happen, but you know, a bit different to the rifle where they as soon as they get an opportunity they're more or less gonna take it where we may as you might well know, mm-hmm. we might need several opportunities to make it happen. So Yeah. Yep. But apparently we're in a good area it was where, where Frank Sanders from he runs lots of trophy outfitters. He's he's been to Australia quite a few times actually. He's shot some buffalo and all that, and he's a bow hunter himself. So that was the main reason I I went with him because he he kind of knew what we needed to to get it done. So yeah, you um, need an
1: outfitter that understands bow hunting. Yep, that's a huge not, thing. Yeah, it, where a, a rifle hunter's hunt ends is where yep. ours starts. Kind of starts. Yeah, and it's not even the good part of the start. It's where you drop your pack. Yeah. How much <laughs> yeah.
0: did you, Maddie? Go um, obviously you're doing a lot of outfit and guide and have you seen many of that made that change over to, to bow hunting um is there many times that you sort of got to say hey we, we can get closer here does, does that happen very often
2: oh plenty of times yeah plenty of times you know sort of getting into that <clears throat> 35 yeah sort of exactly. you, look, you look at them and they've got an arrow on the on the string and they're clipped on with their release aid and i sort of i try not to walk up behind them and tap him on the shoulder too quietly but i don't want to scare him but yeah sort of yeah no mate we can we can sort of good get closer he, he's all right like he doesn't know we're here yet so, yep. um yeah that's yeah, a great yeah, thing about that.
0: the cape too though is that i'm not going to say opportunities around every corner because a lot of people think that but um it is good for that one that's learning because you do get a lot of opportunities yes. yep. in short succession sort of thing like you know over seven seven day hunt or whatever it may be like you you're going to see some opportunities yeah. so you blow a couple and some obviously with the wind and everything else you know you can <laughs> be blow a day off. of nightmares but yeah. um that's one good thing if especially for anybody listening that you know hasn't done a lot of hunting and, and obviously we know access and all that's a bit tough so if you want to get yourself in in front of a few animals that getting up north is a really good opportunity to test those and hone those skills listen to obviously matt and the likes of, of learning that that are doing it every day you can i think you're, tenfold, you're You know your experience by being with just with someone over a couple of days. You you know and blow a couple, as we (laughs) Randy said before. You know, learn from your mistakes. Plenty will happen up there.
1: You learn. You learn plenty up there.
0: So,
2: oh, definitely, definitely you get a lot of opportunities, and yeah, you sort of can sit back and watch that animal a bit more because you know that if he does walk away and we can't get onto him, well, you'll get get another. Yeah, you'll get another opportunity. Yep. You know, so you sort of learn. What their ears do and their tail does and what that means. Yep. Um yeah, to what the animal's actually thinking and doing if he's relaxed or if he's on alert.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. all that only unfortunately it's just one yeah. of the things we can't sort of teach it. You gotta time learn in it the and time in the bush, you know, it's experience spare. Um Renny, going back to um just jump all over the place today. Going back to the <laughs> to the fallow, I mean the boys had a bit of a success. You, yeah. you just bumped out, you were hopeless. But um <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much me. Taught the boys everything
1: I know and now they're bloody teachers. Yeah, they're and, just smashing me, now, that's but it.
0: um but Rowan and Jack they obviously have a good experience with that. You know, I know Jack's covered um covered his hunt He's writing that with um with Adam on his podcast, so yeah. anyone that wants to hear that, but they Rowan sort of he come up yeah, with because obviously he talked about going.
1: At the end there, so um yeah, I think this year was more so wanting to find that good mature deer. Um, if you shoot every 220 or, or 210 model you see you're never going to get that chance at a yep. 240 or something bigger than that and sure. like yeah I'm chasing something bigger Jack's chasing something bigger and now Rowan's chasing something bigger if we kill all of those ones that are sort of what we've already got we're you're never going to have that opportunity for the next year and yeah unfortunately Fallow at sort of four or five years of age they look real good on the hoof mm. they just haven't got that maturity about them yeah. sort of thing another um, two years yeah, they, once they get to that six, seven years, they turn into something phenomenal Like, lot. Yep. Um, it's just mental what the changes they make just in the mass and the way that their antler just changes. They get funky little genetics. They get yep. little throws here. And, um, yeah, kick they it just, off the palm and all that oh, kind of stuff, like yeah. Jack's one there. He's got that snake tongue on the front that's just mental. Yep. Um and yeah, if you shot that deer two years ago, it wouldn't have had those, wouldn't have about it. it wouldn't have had any of that. It would have looked like a great deer on the hoof and look, anyone fucking in Australia would be happy to shoot that. Yep. But yeah, by letting it go that little bit, it turns into something real, real special like that thing's 33 inches long or something like that. So yep. Yep. Like for real the fallow people that are listening, yeah, that's, you don't get much longer than that.
0: No, that's right.
1: And that's only something that maturity can give them. Yeah. Um. I mean, the genetics this year, we had a tough winter. We had a tough summer. Um, the deer have still got the good genetics. They still grow good antlers in yep. a shit season. Yep. It's just the the frequency of seeing that good deer. They're probably spread out more. But Rowan got his deer. I think he seen it on the second day and chased it around. And, yeah, the last morning of his hunt, before he had to go back up to Darwin, yeah, just managed to get it done on the last day a lot. Yep. Yeah.
0: And were they... Were they rattling in or were they just calling or is it spot and stalk?
1: No, nah, so there's it? spot and stalk. Um Jack's was pretty much just right place, right time, yep. opportunity. He's he's kissed on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> like to have to have a buck of that calibre walk past you at five metres is unheard of essentially. And yeah, he just look, he hunts hard, he puts himself in the right spot. Sure. He did it last year and come become successful. He's backed it up this year and did it. So yep. I, not can't, a I can't really say it's a fluke. Or he's <laughs> lucky. Like he's put himself in the right spot each time. And, yeah, five yards just intercepted him while he was tailing a doe. Okay. Um, and Rowan's was pretty much off a, a known scrape that he was working sort of all day, just hunting that same particular creek gully. Yep. and Yeah, getting in, aiming for that scrape and trying to cut him off between him going and chasing does, having a feed. Checking on smaller scrapes and getting back to it. Yeah, he just managed to put himself in the right spot. Last, yeah, last chance and got it done. Like, he had a shot earlier in the week and missed it. Um, And that was, yeah, pushed the shot out to, I think, 39 yards or something like that. Um, And fluffed the shot and, yeah, managed to get the job done, I think, at 27. Yep. At the end, like...
0: You yeah. mentioned, um, you just mentioned there before about you know a, a buck going around and, and checking his, his smaller scrapes, um, and this is probably from my own information actually, because I had a very similar problem with you know with so many scrapes, so I didn't actually, not knowing the block well enough and and probably not knowing fallow deer enough, lock off shot them and stuff. But um, do they have a main scrape and then have others they work, or can you have you
1: had enough to do with them where you know what they're sort of doing with them? Look, I'm not an expert. I've seen a heap. I've followed a heap around. Um, I think they've got sort of three main scrapes at different stages. Like where I hunt in particular, they've got one right down low on the flats where they go overnight. Yep. Then they've got that sort of first or second bench, they'll have one. And then they've got one up in the thick scrub where yep. they hang out through the day. Gotcha. Yeah. We're we, a hunt, we're lucky enough that we don't really have to push in and chase them up where they're camped up in that third scrape. So they never. we're never putting pressure on them basically in their home. Yep. you know we're giving them no a deal. hard time on the front lawn but we're not going up and chasing them in their bedroom but yep. then from there between that they've got smaller scrapes and there's probably other scrapes that little satellite bucks in the area have come and made obviously the big fella gets a whiff of that he's not happy that someone else has got sent so he goes down takes over that scrape yeah, okay does has a piss in it and does his thing marks the tree up preaches goes to the next one and just keeps working back and forth but yeah i think they have that one particular deer has his main scrape and then you might have a couple below it and it depends yep. on the numbers of bucks like your your doe to buck ratio as well yep. if yep. you've got a hundred bucks and a hundred does well you're going to have a lot of scrapes and a lot of fights whereas yep. if you've got 50 does and two bucks well to sort of just yeah they're not going to have to fight real hard like if they can get 25 girls it's not a bad consolation prize. <laughs> so I Matt's know. eyes ha- just lit up then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I'd be happy if I got those odds. <laughs> uh,
0: we, um, Yeah, funny. In, and you were saying about buck to day ratio. And obviously, as I said, this block that I was chasing, um, you know, that, the, day, the, the last weekend I was there. I said there was no, no noise at all. Um, and it, they were still very much running. Like, I, the three times I chased them, not interested in rattle whatsoever. And could say that we probably wrote it we'd never seen a fight, never they never even really sort of had that aggressive kind of I don't know whether it was because there was enough girls for for, you know, I'm gonna say that was probably twenty days, twenty five days kicking around for, for half a dozen bucks or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um so that, you know, there's not big numbers sort of thing, but the heads of are there are quality, so that was that yeah. was good to see. And in honesty, it probably doesn't worry me that much that we didn't take one out of it because it's only gonna be a lot better next year and they'll they'll get bigger. Yeah. Um there's probably one that's at at his peak, he probably needs taken. He's a good head though. But um you know, we would have taken him if we had the opportunity and, and it came close. But where I was saying is um with with trying to hunting, you know, it was sort of mixing it up. We tried to try to rattle him and he was coming cruising down his hill. Like he was nose on the ground. We could see some does up the head of the gully and he came and checked them out straight through them, you know, gave him a sniff straight through them. I said, well, as soon as I let out a doe bleep man did he come running <laughs> holy it, and he wouldn't like cause we threw a rattle out in that start and he didn't even put his head up and then it was then just watching him and sort of dad's giving me the look as if like, what's this thing doing like you know i sort of and it was windy so it was a bit hard there's still a few hundred out and so i just i got my tube and i got the red you know for for all and rares and i just blew a bleed into that man this thing just put his head up and man off he just come bolting down the hill i was like here we go and then as the wind, as the as the mountains do, uh, the wind stuff to suffered about eighty out. But mate, he was coming on charge, and yep. uh, even then, I, I after even got whiff of us, you know, and you only got that real quick, that you know, that spin wind. It was the storm coming in that was real we storm yeah. weekend that came in. Probably not, I think we know the one. Um, it was just blowing a gale, and with, I think you guys might have even had the house stormer. Did you? Did you yeah, have hail storm no, we year? didn't. We got no you rain it.
1: over it at all. Like, yeah, but we got all the wind, and yeah, yeah that ruined yep. an afternoon because yeah. Got onto some deer and moved around, and yeah. In in typical mountain breeze fashion, yeah. Uh, yeah, it it eases up, surf. eases
0: up one way and comes
1: fair up your other way. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always nice until you're about a hundred out, yep. and then from that point in, it just decides to yep. yeah, yeah. And he over. wanted he
0: wanted to come. i, blew, I you know i do call back at him a couple of times, and he was turn around, and you could see the frustration in his face. Like I know I can't get down there because I've smelt something that I don't like, but I want to go down and check that doe out, you know. So but he ended up just moving off and. You know, he sort of sat up there and watched us. But he, he was, a, you know, he's a pretty good head. He's he got a cleft in one of his palms, but he's old. He's you know he's pretty hard down his head, and he's got some mass to him. So,
1: yeah, well with that, I don't know. With the the reds, I know the sort of the more the coronet drops in, but the fallow as that age goes on their coronets they actually fall off to the side of their head yep. essentially so yep. the yep. angle
0: changes yeah they split they split in beside the yeah. like the gap they, between their antlers yeah, actually spreads it out yeah it starts yeah. to
1: get wider and that's where you get that you know the antler grows out comes up and then it curls back in at the yep. top and they start looking real yep. new curly and gnarly and stuff like that and that's yep. yeah that first sign of maturity big, big tip in at the palm yeah. oh Jesus well, terrible looking things oh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> terrible to look at terrible to look at oh,
0: well, actually I'm looking at one that's tipping in pretty good right on that TV shelf just there
1: yeah, that's a he's pretty he's good in. representative. He'd do. I don't, I don't know many people that have knocked that back. No, <laughs> no, no not not, at all. not a lot of people that have knocked something like that back. There's plenty of heads on the wall in yeah. here.
0: Ian's lantern's is not bad. It's, it's, a, it's a shit fight, but it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, uh, yeah, definitely beautiful.
0: There's Chittle, Roosa, Buffalo. There's everything in here. Yeah. Well, guys... Um, What's on the cards for for Kuyuga? With we, we, you know what's moving forward, um, obviously we've got the the sharpener coming out. What sort of
1: what's a rough time frame for that? You think? Oh mate, with any prototype, anyone that's tried to develop something from scratch, if they've done it, they know how frustrating it can be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as I yep. said with the heads, I think we were eight or nine runs back and forth getting it yep. to what we wanted. So we don't really want to do this, release this sharpener until we're spot on. We're at least one hundred and ten percent happy with it. Yep, definitely. Like, yeah,
2: so we yeah, can't really put a time frame on it. Yep. yeah. Don't
0: know. Well, I think, you know, for, for that, you know, people know that once it does come out, um, you know, keep playing with the Sharpener. If anybody, you know, just, just hit one of the boys up, they'll um they'll talk you through it. Um, yeah, send
1: us a message on the page or like, I've put a, a video up on YouTube there. Yep. um, There's a video on the Facebook page. There's probably three or four videos on the Facebook page. Yep. I think Stubbsy did one the other week just coming into the rut and... Yeah. Look with all the questions I get, I'll probably do another one yeah, definitely. in the next couple of weeks and yeah, I might even work out how I do these fancy Instagram ones. Hey, look out. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> all right. So we'll work that out. But yeah, if you're having a, a hard time with it, just let us know. Like we're more than happy to yep. guide you through it. Um sometimes it's yeah, something as simple as wrong file. Yeah. Just not not that right idea. What was that yeah. what was that file again? So it's a hundred and fifty mil. Half round and yep. smooth. Okay. So we've got know. them on the website for sale as well. So when you're on there buying broadheads, I've actually gone and brought, because if you buy like a cheap one from Bunnings, they're an all right file. Yeah. But if you want a good one, you want to go to like an industrial hardware store, like a Blackwoods sure. or yep. um, Total Tools, somewhere like that where they're yep. actually selling. Yeah. You might pay $30 for a file, yep. but you're going to buy a good file as That's opposed quality. to a... Yeah. And look, I've got some old files there that I've had for... Oh, 10 years and yep. they're still just it's as really good strong. well they're better than a, a $10 Trojan one from Bunnings that you yep. go and buy now Like,
0: yep. you will see a difference the way it cuts um, there's yep. really not a lot of effort in when you've got a good yep. file there's not a lot of effort, a lot yep. of effort in sharpening something and so.
1: keeping your file clean too like just hitting it with a wire brush yep. you can buy a file cleaner they're like $5 from Bunnings it'll be the best thing you've ever done because it'll yep. keep or, your cut smooth yeah. or just use a wire brush just a normal wire brush to keep yep. it clean
2: or rub some chalk on it
1: yeah there you are this a yeah. trick of the trade. Hey, more Moore comes out of the woodworks. Just sits in the corner. Just, oh, yeah, 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 I'll let everyone else do this and then just pipes <laughs> in with the him as a genius. The best one of the show. And uh, he's
0: just probably <laughs> a bit of chalk on your file. Yeah. Well, I've never heard that one, so yeah, that's a, a bit good... Of of chalk life. on your file. There you go. So.
2: Yeah, it yeah. won't clog up.
0: There you go. All about that. Yeah. Well, boys, thank you very much for your time. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to uh, let anyone know about?
1: Nah, pretty much. No, Thanks we'll for we'll having be. us.
2: No, yeah. no worries,
0: mate. I'm glad we could it do it all together. It was probably better. Yeah, it was,
2: like, a lot easier here than yeah. over the phone.
0: Yeah, surrounded by success and, yeah, you got the broadheads laid out, arrows laying everywhere and yep. yeah, there's plenty bloody chitle rugs on the ground. It's a good place to do it, I reckon. I was gonna we should say, just make this the hub.
1: It's it's yeah. pretty pretty good ambience here.
0: Yeah. I think we just, everyone made at Summer's house and we just record podcasts and play pool and he can tune our bows at the same time.
1: That's it. Thanks, he thanks for letting us have it here, Summers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we thought we'd better let you know at some point. Oh, Ian, yeah, time. we're
0: at your house, mate, and uh, I hope you're enjoying Fraser Island. Yeah. So. the beers <laughs> but, uh, were good too. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jesus, some tins laying around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow, anyone that think it bow awesome. hunters are alcoholics or yeah, alcoholics with a bow hunting? Probably. We better
0: we better restock that before we go. <laughs> oh, maybe. We didn't we didn't uh, crack
1: the tin lock, Ian did was <laughs> yeah he, he beat us on that one. Uh, we didn't give us a chance. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a bit earlier, I think. He might have done his in the Arvo. Oh, it's never early. never, <laughs> <it's> never
0: early. <laughs> no. Coming from a two uh, Cape Yorkian. Yeah. yeah, that's it. There's beer for brekkie, is it, up there?
2: Some days. Some days? Yeah, you have brekkie beers. <laughs> bacon and eggs. and Beer, forest. bacon and eggs, isn't it? Yeah. That's the,
1: the standard breakfast up might
2: there. might get an omelette. One, wow. I'm going to get an omelette and a beer.
0: Jeez, that's the place to be. I'm gonna to have to try and rearrange my schedule, I think. <laughs> Jeez, I oh, wouldn't have. Oh, what well, was better?
2: that hot you have to keep hydrated? <laughs> what was it what, what
0: was it? One point six litres of water and two point six litres of beer. Yeah. Sometimes. Is that about
1: right? Yeah. Oh, it works oh, you see, works see out, out a slab a day. Slab a day. If you drink a slab yeah. a day, you won't get dehydrated. <laughs> you might not be able to shoot straight. <laughs> nah,
2: six cans and you hold your bow so much steadier. There you go. Oh, that's for me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody
0: else? That's about two, one or two beers. And, yeah. um No, you uh, can't be nervous. No, cheers, boys. It's been really, really fun. It's um, yeah, good laughs, and it's uh, yeah, best of luck with it all, mate. And I, I know to both of you, it's, you know, good on you for giving it a go, jumping outside the square, and and uh, and best of luck with the new Ed. Uh, we will be giving it a red hot crack, that's for sure. Yeah. you. Yes. Thank you very much. No, cheers, love, boys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by Hoyt Hunting, Arrowhead Magazine and Abbey Archery. That's all for me this week. All the best in the hills and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.